Hi, everybody, and welcome to this, the ARC 360 podcast, brought to you in association with corporate partners BASF, BMS, CAPS, Copart, Emacs, Integral, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, Merca, Nationwide Vehicle Recovery Assistance, S&G Response, and Sherwin-Williams Automotive Finishes, as well as our partners Aztec, the Green Parts Specialists, Indasa, Prasco, and the Innovation Group. So today I catch up with Dom Napier, a chap who I got to know when we were part of a group from within the industry who successfully went on an academic learning journey together. Dom explains how he went from rubbing shoulders with movie stars to the vehicle repair industry and how he now works by the motto that we all have to embrace change and look a little further down the line. In layman's terms, Dom explains just what carbon neutral repair is all about and crucially, the difference between carbon neutral and net zero. While explaining what the importance of being carbon neutral is for the industry and a business's profitability, he proudly reveals how he and his team helped a UK-based preparer become the first in the country to attain PAS 2060, the only globally recognised carbon neutral accreditation. Because of his love of the industry and his passion for the environment, he gives an impassioned rallying cry for repairers to lead the way and fly the carbon neutral flag for the entire automotive industry. And he goes a bit political and reveals why the government will have to spend far more than the 1.5 billion it's pledged to build the country's suitable EV charging infrastructure. Oh, and he also reveals his love for adrenaline sports and a desire to star on the West End stage. Enjoy the podcast. Okay, so welcome along, everybody, and thanks very much for joining us on this, the ARC360 podcast. And I'm uh, honoured today to be joined by Dom Napier, Managing Director of Carbon Neutral Repair. Hi, Dom. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you, Mark. Happy New Year and good to see you. It's a new year that uh, we'll, we'll come on to that, but uh, not quite started as, uh, as we'd wished. But alas, we are in the midst of it all right now and uh, finding our way through. So uh, so thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. You know, we've got some great insight from yourself. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Those who don't know Dom Napier, what's, what's his kind of role in the industry or your career path to date? And uh, how have you kind of landed up at Carbon Neutral Repair? So we started off going back. My desire was a legal profession. I think it was based on the fact that I argued at school quite a lot. So my teacher said I was uh, very accomplished at it, so I might as well make a career. So I studied law and marketing management. And then like 60% of all people that study law decided it wasn't for me. So went on into marketing and sales. They went into Coca-Cola and then uh, went on to some small entrepreneurial startup businesses. And then latterly with 20th Century Fox Home Entertainment in the glory days of the late 1990s, early 2000s, running their home entertainment division for the UK and the Republic of Ireland. Became a chore socialising with movie stars and I decided I needed something more groundbreaking. So that's when I came into the uh, accident repair business, into a little unknown organization at that time called Fix Auto UK with John Matthews and Dave Calder and it was a copy and paste model for something that worked across the waters. We spent a bit of time looking at it and we rebuilt it, put it on a three-year journey plan, make it fit for the UK and specific for our repair market and then off we went. I was with Fix Auto UK for six years, proud to have built the network up Then I moved into the energy sector. And one of the reasons for moving into that is that pretty much the whole world is your customer because everyone uses energy. So in terms of a sustainable business model, that was it. And then we've naturally progressed over into the decarbonized arena, both within the private and the public sector. And I've spent many years, many good friends within the accident repair business. And we specifically designed 
carbon neutral repair to elevate and give something back to the UK accident repair business and really acknowledge that this is perhaps a very different industry than the general public perceive it will be and let them lead the UK to net zero. Net zero, carbon neutral. You're going to have to really uh, talk to me in layman's terms when it comes to this stuff. Nice to see you swap the uh, the uh, rubbing shoulders with film stars for uh, rubbing shoulders with technicians within the uh, within the industry. So wise move there, obviously. And no, really good little insight into how you kind of found your way into this industry and have almost kind of found your way back in a sense, I suppose. So and we'll come back to the carbon neutral repair in a, in, in a second. But you've seen the industry from from many angles. How would you kind of describe it from your vantage point currently? I think pretty much excluding the COVID piece, which has really sort of made every business go through unrecognisable change in a very short period of time and taken them out of their comfort zones. I think the UK accident repair industry is inevitably, once we've gone through COVID, going to experience radical change because the fundamental basis of a vehicle is going to change dramatically how people use vehicles. I think COVID is going to restructure in business terms on how vehicle usage is on. Vehicle ownership. I look back when I was a 17-year-old, there was a, a metro outside and my desire was to learn to drive as quickly as possible and have that freedom. In today's world, you can have a virtual global freedom and never leave it, uh, your home. Friends of children coming up to 17, it's not on their top 10 to actually to get into a car now. So that with technology, um, with different powertrains, we've got electric vehicles, but then the next one will be hydrogen vehicles. It's going to inevitably be a huge amount of change and it'll be change that we don't necessarily understand. Uh, it'll be change we may not like, but inevitably it's going to have to be changed and embraced. And, and the UK Accident Repair is very accomplished at change because it's had changed forced upon it and it, it can react very quickly. But that's going to have to be the, the motto moving forward is just to embrace change and look a little bit further down the line. Great insight as well on your thoughts there. And, and very interesting. I've just been out for a walk with my young lad who's eight and uh, he was he was batch spotting uh, brands on motorcars today, which was quite interesting. So uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that walk. <laughs> so you never know. You never know. So tell us a little bit more about carbon neutral repair then. So so what is it exactly? In a, well, in a nutshell, I say, but then delve a little bit deeper for us all. And uh, And as I say, layman's terms would be most appreciated here. Not, not a problem. I like to keep it simple just so I can understand it, Mark. So we're going to have the lowest common denominator available. So uh, no fear on that. Um, I think it's important that there's, that there's some interchangeable words that go on in, in society at the moment when we talk about the climate crisis. And one is carbon neutral and one is net zero. The two are very different. So carbon neutral in its simplest terms is measuring the carbon footprint of a person, a business, a transaction putting that down into in CO2 emissions and then offsetting it. It's just simply calculating it, offsetting it, and then you become in a neutral position. So that particular activity, that individual, that business, creates no emissions to the environment. And the offsetting is done by purchasing carbon credits or carbon offsets in verified carbon programs around the, the world, whether that be tree planting or other third world initiatives to come in. That's carbon neutral. And that's stage one. Net zero is a 80% reduction of emissions from a certain point. So if you look at the likes of Google, Google, Sky, MS have been carbon neutral for over a decade now. They have a plan to reach net zero by 2030. The UK, it's net zero by 2050. Because inevitably, 
an individual, an organization, an activity will have a certain degree of emissions you cannot remove. So we rely on a certain amount of offsetting. So carbon neutral, measure, offset the whole lot. Net zero is measure, reduce your emissions across the three scopes, one, two, and three by 80%, offset the remaining 20%. And then you've got one other, which is climate positive, which anyone that is a fan of Brewdog Brewery will be aware that they promote themselves as being climate positive. And what they do is, is they do the net zero. So they reduce their emissions. The 20%, instead of offsetting 20%, they offset 40%. So therefore, every time you buy a can, every time you drink, you are excluding the flatulence that inevitably comes with some of the IPAs. Um, you are uh, not damaging the environment. So carbon neutral repair is that stage one specifically for the accident repair center. So what we do is, is we come in, we will calculate your carbon footprint across scopes one, two, and three. We will define where you are. We will then populate your own carbon dashboard so you can see where you are, where reductions are, are possible. And then we will work with you to reduce that to a point where you want to become PAS 2060 which is the globally the only recognized carbon neutral accreditation. And we were delighted to certify the first ever body shop in the UK, Worley Bridge Accident Repair Centre, on the 1st of December. And that's when the hard start works, because when you become accredited, you then have to start to demonstrate a reduction in your emissions each year. And we help that journey. But the beautiful thing is the accident repair industry is really really professional at being able to measure the minutiae. If I look back to when I first entered the industry 15 years ago, the amount of data that repairers now have to report has an impact not only on their customer commitment, their, their contracts, but also their bottom line. Then this is just another form of measuring. And as soon as you measure something, you can impact it. And when you reduce your carbon footprint, you save money. Carbon costs you money. Fascinating stuff. So tell us a little bit more then. We'll delve into the detail a little bit. So you, you referenced three points. Three scopes. Three scopes, sorry. Three scopes. So what are those three scopes and where do you sort of find them within a body shop, I suppose? So a lot of people think and believe that carbon neutral is all about energy and fuel. Those two really form into scopes one and two. So scope one is direct emissions that you produce on site. So it's the burning of gas, which in the accident repair industry is quite heavy if you've got gas-fired spray booths, and fuel that you combust in vehicles that you own. So that's your scope one. So that data you can get historically from your gas bill and then the fuel bill in the vehicles that you own. Scope two is indirect energy. So that's electricity, heat and steam that you use on site that will have created an emission offsite. So you are buying an X amount of electricity. Uh, it gets transported. The emissions are uh, created offsite, but they are created offsite because you're using it on site. And then scope three is the really challenging one. And that's everything else. So that's everything upstream, downstream, during life, end of life products your capital goods investment, your commuting, everything else. And that's the bit that we have the greatest challenge as a country, as a world, is to one, is to understand because you're reliant on your supply chain to be able to give you the information of where that is. So becoming net zero 
isn't about one part of a supply chain or one sector, we are all going to have to move that to come in. So what we do is, is we will actually create and come in and measure your scope one, your scope two, we will define, because in scope three, you've got 12 different categories that you actually are contained within scope three. Not everyone is, is uh, specific. You don't have to calculate all 12. They may not be specific for the industrial sector. You create that boundary of definition of what you're including in scope three. You then have to measure that scope three. That then gives you your starting point. That will give you your carbon intensity metrics because obviously in a lot of businesses, turnover productivity may increase and decrease. And as we've seen in 2020 and inevitably in 2021, we will repair less cars, but you will then have your carbon intensity metrics per repair. So for Whaley Bridge, it was 0.11 of a ton of CO2 emissions per repair. And that's the figure that we are then targeting to reduce year after year after year. So if your volume goes up or down, it doesn't matter. That's the intensity. That's the bit you're having to demonstrate you are reducing your emissions. Yeah, well, once we've calculated your, your emissions and you want to go to carbon neutral past 2060, we will come in, we will snapshot you in that period of time. We will measure it. We will then offset those, those emissions through a verified carbon. We will issue the carbon credit, the, the certification for that. And that is done internationally. We will then set the next 12 months, the carbon management plan of where you're going. So this is where we've come from. This is where we're going and how are we going to do that and in what areas, so our scope one, scope two, scope three. And because every activity produces carbon, whether it be productive, administrative, on-site, off-site drivers, everybody has the ability to start to reduce that carbon footprint. So it can be a cultural organisational change, which means a greater buy-in, which makes it easier and more sustainable. We then issue that plan, we get the accreditation. Once we've offset the carbon that's been produced, we also, for every tonne of carbon we offset internationally, we plant a tree in a local school or within a local community garden. And that's because it's important. It's a huge step that repairers are doing is committing to becoming carbon neutral. So they need to push that message out. So we're pushing it back in. And certainly within the school tree planting program, uh, I'm a director of a, a multi-academy trust. This year, we have had to uh, include SECR, which is our streamlined energy and carbon reporting. So carbon and carbon neutrality is very much in the agenda. So you're then looking at creating this bridge between the accident repair industry and schools. And as we know, one of the threats to the industry is lack of new talent coming in. So we're bridging that piece. So that's another bit. And then we're also proud is that for every tonne that we offset, we put a pound into the carbon neutral charity fund, which at the end of each year, we will then distribute to charities, both within the industry and with outside, underneath the umbrella of carbon neutral repair and our repairers that are be listed. You can see how one bit of it then starts to link to the other. So, you know, the bigger picture is a single entity may take on this project, but there's so many knock on effects. And in, in fact, that, you know, kind of leads nicely. You mentioned the supply chain in there and how key not only I as an individual am with my responsibility or aspect within this, but suppliers are starting to look for these credentials now kind of how important i suppose is carbon neutrality net zero within the repair sector i think it's really critical mark the, the top eleven thousand nine hundred businesses in the uk legally have to report their carbon footprint and more importantly they have to report their carbon emission reduction strategy if you are in a supply chain you are at risk that your customer or someone within your supply chain is already looking at your carbon footprint 
we're aware and we've seen outside of the industry, and I think it will be only a matter of time where it falls within the accident repair industry, where, where it comes down to procurement and opportunities, even if you have been delivering on a contract, if you are unable to meet the carbon reduction, because as part of a supply chain, you fall within that customer's scope three, so they will be paying for it. Procurement will no longer be based on price and service. It will be price, service and carbon. So we're aware of a legal firm that was satisfying a client's contract. It was worth £800,000 a year to them. They had delivered everything. It came around for the next four-year contract. They completed the stage one application process. It got to a point that they hadn't actually understood or filled in previously about carbon neutral, so they dismissed it. They, they were then notified by the client that actually they'd been unsuccessful. When they said, why have we been unsuccessful? They said, because you didn't answer about carbon neutrality. And they went, can we have some time? And they said, you've got four years, we'll see you in four years. So it is happening. You'll see on, on, on it, Unilever did a study, 30% of consumers now are consciously talking about environmentally proficient businesses, services, products, and that's their preference. This has been something that we all knew has been bubbling away in the background and, and we all appreciate that it's kind of on its way, but it's not kind of been top of the top of the list and, and particularly probably in the last you know, year or so for obvious reasons. But you think it's likely to accelerate even sooner than perhaps, you know, we previously forecast? Absolutely, Mark. I think a lot of people think historically, and they would have been correct, that adopting an environmentally friendly strategy came at a premium cost. And, and that was absolutely right. The world is a very different place now. As soon as you start to measure carbon and reduce it, you save costs. Fact. You can't reduce carbon without reducing cost. Carbon costs you money as an organisation. So if you start to measure and start to reduce it, you can see that cost coming down. You then actually think, well, actually, I can increase my sales because I'm being attractive. One of the biggest things coming down the line, you've got a growing sector of EV vehicles. A lot of people are demonstrating overtly that I am, I care about the environment because I'm prepared to pay a premium on an electric vehicle or a hybrid vehicle above a non-combustion, uh, standard combustion engine piece of equipment. But at the moment, they don't have the ability or nowhere to go in terms of servicing that vehicle, repairing that vehicle that continues that environmental commitment that they did at purchasing that vehicle. So being able to demonstrate that we can repair vehicles, service vehicles, and it not cost the earth is absolutely aligned with the customer's driving or one of their main driving factors for purchasing that vehicle. So that's a huge opportunity. The next thing is, is actually stakeholder engagement. It's securing that you are relevant to your customer. Just because you're not measuring it doesn't mean that they're not. If you're in a, a supply chain and your customer is significantly bigger than you, then they are going to have that pressure on them to measure their carbon footprint and more importantly, then to reduce it. And the third one is about mitigating risk. The cost of being heavy on carbon is going to increase and increase significantly. To get to 2050, which sounds a world away, and it is, it's, it's a world away to come in, but there is an interim target of 2030 that the UK has to meet. At the moment, we are tracking 20% behind that. You've got COP26, which is, a, without getting into too much detail, it's where all, all the power nations are coming on to Glasgow in November 21 to agree how we get back on track to 2030 and in terms of carbon pricing and the penalty. So by getting early, 
and actually calculating and reducing your emissions, you are mitigating the risk of the inevitable cost of carbon. There's your insight. There's your insider information for sure. Right. We're going to take a, a very quick break now while we digest that and we will be back with you very shortly. So here we are at the midway point and I hope you're enjoying Dom's words of wisdom and finding out more about uh, the carbon neutral repair and what it means for all of us. Um, huge thank you at this stage to our corporate partners, BASF, BMS, CAPS, Copart, Emacs, Integral, Enterprise Ventacar, Merca, Nationwide Vehicle Recovery Assistance, S&G Response and Show in Williams Automotive Finishes, as well as our partners Aztec, the Green Part Specialists in DASA, Prasco and the Innovation Group. Enjoy the second half of the podcast. Okay, welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the first half of the podcast here with Dom Napier, Managing Director of Carbon Neutral Repair and providing a fascinating insight into uh, oh, how the world is, is essentially going to change. We left talking about carbon neutrality, net zero, the repair industry, EVs are on their way. And I suppose, you know, from, from a broader perspective, what's the opportunity across the industry? You've already referenced stakeholders, how important it is, you know, essentially to, to everybody, but the larger organisations are looking at this. But, you know, how does that kind of then translate across to, to the consumer? You know, what's the value to, to these organisations in, in making this step? We didn't set up carbon neutral repair to be in the next PAS 125 and a cost borne out by repairers. We all know how challenged this market is. This was about to build value. And it's really for, as consumers, the increase in EV hybrid vehicles. It's a conscious piece about, I want to do something that is less damaging to the environment. We're the first generation that knows the state of climate crisis with a last generation as well that can do something about it before it becomes irreversible. If we are looking at actually, if we go right up to the top of our supply chain and we look at the insurer market, is for them to be able to offer their policyholders a point of purchase, a carbon neutral repair facility in the event that they're involved in an accident not only are we going to take care of you as a customer not only are we going to take care of your car we're also going to take care of the environment at the same time so therefore offer our policyholders a zero carbon impact of repairing that vehicle or if we move to the next stage a climate positive piece then there is definitely a premium that policyholders will pay and the analogy is if I've got a £350 uh, on a price comparable site with insurer A or £352 with insurer B and that's a carbon neutral repair and I can do it as a consumer, I'm acting responsibly and discharging my green conscience by buying the, the second product at £2 premium and should have been involved in an accident, I'm not doing any damage to the world. So there is a huge opportunity at that higher level. Yes, and a great opportunity, I suppose, for, for businesses to um, you know, differentiate themselves in a highly competitive market that we're in. From a personal perspective, and I speak for myself, yeah, I wouldn't argue paying two pounds to kind of you know have that uh, environmental benefit. Um, that's for sure. Absolutely, and and I've not met, and and I said we work within the automotive repair industry, but in other areas of the private sector. Uh, and also the public sector. So we have carbon zero academies where we're taking schools and academies through that, that whole process and educating it because that's ultimately where it's really important is to educate people one about carbon, how it's produced, how you can reduce it and the impact and why we should. And that's at school level. And that's the program that we're bringing in and links very nicely with our carbon neutral repair tree planting program as well. It's really important that people have that, that ability to want to start and then 
to do something about it. The clock has already started. This is not about waiting. This is not an option. It's no longer a should do or a could do. This is a must do and we will be doing it. And it's an opportunity for the accident repair industry to be at the forefront, not only within the automotive and no longer be the poor part compared to new car sales and servicing. It's now actually to lead the UK into that net zero. Wow, that is hugely, uh, hugely interesting stuff. Yeah, what an opportunity. Wow, wouldn't it be nice to fly the flag for, for the automotive space within our sector? You, you referenced it. We've touched upon it, electric vehicles. So it's it's forecast, you know, the next few years uh, is going to see a surge in electric vehicles, you know, and we've got these kind of deadlines, 2030, 2035, um, you know, with the banning of, of sales ultimately. So just what does this mean for repairers? What will it entail what's involved from a, a repairer perspective i suppose change mark i think is is uh, inevitably the thing and it's it's anything from a practical change on being able to charge those vehicles on site because if they've been sitting around and they don't have it is moving it back it's that whole customer experience it's the challenges the technology that will be in and, and today we're talking about electric vehicles in actual fact i had the coo of charge master one of the largest ev charging companies over last year talking about the uk market and and how it's behind the us i said we're a very small island in terms of off-road parking not everybody has that it's not a prerequisite that it is and I think there is a great to belief that we will have a blended vehicle solution in the UK of electric EV but also hydrogen and that's the next thing that's coming down the line but important in terms of the electric vehicle it's important that not only can we actually repair them but the mythology and, and everything behind that that we do it is parallel with what electric vehicles are so to be able to demonstrate that you're repairing them with zero emissions is important, but you know, you're know you going to have to bring in EV charging pieces. It's another interaction with customers as well. So let's take this whole piece up a level. So me as an individual business, I'm happy to do my part, but I need to understand kind of things, what's happening behind the scenes, if you like, on a, a more of a macro level with regards to where, where all this energy or where this environmental carbon neutrality is kind of suppose going for us we've got the deadlines we know what's happening there but i drive down the road and i see solar farms appearing now so what's going on more in that side of things i suppose don there are a number of, of areas that, that are going if you go back to those three scopes so boris has already announced his 10 point plan to get to net zero and that's a 12 billion pound investment across 10 key areas and that includes offshore wind farms hydrogen nuclear ev you know he's got 1.5 billion pounds committed to building that ev charging infrastructure and it's going to have to be significantly more than than that the government is going to take care of scope two so it's going to decarbonize the electricity grid there is still a carbon footprint for renewable energy unless you're generating it on site it's a carbon footprint of transportation so your scope two as a business as an individual is going to take be taken care of over time because the government is going to do renewable energy we'll start removing fossil fuel in terms of scope one that split into fuels where we already know about the ban on petrol car and diesel car sales in 2030 we're moving to electric vehicles we're moving them to hydrogen and that blended piece across the two so that's that part of scope one doing we're going to move from natural gas over to a blend with natural gas and hydrogen and then ultimately to a hydrogen network so that's going to be the scope one so the government 
over time, as we get towards 2050, is going to take care of scope one and scope two, which means it's relying on businesses and individuals to look at that scope three, the more difficult part to come in. And that's where it's going to be a, have to be a holistic movement between the industry with suppliers, with customers to make that move forward. And unfortunately, that's where this COP26 uh, meeting in November in Glasgow is going to turn around. And the best way to motivate someone to change is to financially penalise them. And that's basically what this meeting is all about. And it will be globally across and say, if you won't do it willingly uh, and to move, we're doing our bit in scopes one and two. You need to do it in scope three. And if you don't, you're going to be penalised heavily. You've just motivated me. So next question then, and we've already talked about what needs to be done. A lot of this, you know, is, is terminology that perhaps I'm not familiar with thus far. And we're, we're all kind of moving, you know, in this direction. We're getting used to it. We're understanding this language more and more each day. But how easy is it to become carbon neutral? How does it work? Is it simply about renewable energy? It's obviously about gauging my output input and then what's the next step where does this lead me to the answer to how easy is it to become carbon neutral it's simple it's just not easy it's simple because all you're doing is measuring something and then offsetting it and then beyond that as we've we've previously discussed about reducing that bit I, we're acutely aware and, and i think this is the advantageous bit we were speaking to somebody last night so a multi-site operator who who has approached us to have a look at providing them the solution across their group to become carbon neutral. The accident repair business, it's a unique industry. I passionately love it. I've got some great friends into it. I tried to leave, I've come back into it. I'm acutely aware on how busy and how much 500 by the nature of the business, it is relentless. Everything is coming at you. You don't necessarily know what the next minute brings. So it was vitally important that we did all of that legwork. In terms of how easy is it, it's very easy because we do all of that work for you. We calculate from where it, where it is. Unfortunately, it's not simply about switching to renewable energy or switching to electric vehicles or switching to biogas. If it was, the whole world would have done it years ago to, to come in. It's not. It's more, if you look at the weighting, you will have scope three. So the non-energy, the non-fuel is usually between 60 to 70% of an organization's carbon footprint. That's the really challenging bit. So we're not asking the repairers to do anything. All of the work, we work with them. We've got the industry data. We're working with the supply chain to understand what it is. And we're educating and, and we're building that data to see what a litre of lacquer landed in the UK, the distribution point, is actually the carbon footprint of that. And then it's quite easily from where it is landed for argument's sake, in Milton Keynes, to get it to a repair in North London. We can work that carbon footprint out, but it's where do you start from? And that's what we're working with to, to, to come in. In terms of then, once we've calculated it, we then agree with that business. And as a multi-site operator, they may be, and there inevitably will be, different starting points and different endpoints for each of the sites. And we bespokely define those and on that. In a realistic, challenging target, it has to be realistic. There's nothing more demotivating than setting a target that you can't achieve. But also as well, it has to be stretching. Otherwise, you won't get the buy-in or it'll just be, we'll do that tomorrow. And then before you know it, tomorrow has come and you haven't met it and you'll lose your accreditation. But unfortunately, it's not about renewable energy. It's not about changing your fleet to electric vehicles or hybrid vehicles. As we've said before, once you become past 2060, 
it's not like PAS125 or BS10125 where you get that standard and you have to demonstrate at each accreditation point that you're maintaining that standard. PAS2060 says, this is where I am. I am now reducing my emissions and it has to be a continual reduction. So it has to be that cultural part to come in and you get that buy-in. And that's where we have this dashboard that turns around and, and it clearly state, states where you are. As a multi-site operator, you will have the parental visibility. You can then create a few interesting internal competitions. What we want to do is carbon neutral repair is to get to the state where we start to reward the initiative. We will share it. We are creating a carbon community of suppliers that can help and bring low carbon products, services, equipment, vehicles all these solutions to the customers and then allowing the repairers just literally to change wherever they can do to a lower carbon higher cost implication so it's not about a premium as we've discussed before about going renewable allowing the repairers to get in is there a fear factor in all of this i i open my doors and i say to you dom come in and see where i am currently in terms of my my carbon footprint does that kind of, you know, am I exposing myself? Am I all of a sudden going to create a whole load of work for myself that I didn't want? Or is actually that establishing my starting point from which to work and then I can get moving in the right direction? Your carbon footprint is your carbon footprint. As, a, as an individual, we all have different carbon footprints. You're not going to get away from this. This is not something we should do. In June 2019, the UK committed to this. This is happening. For a lot of organisations, as I said, Sky, Google, they've been carbon neutral since 2006, 2007. They're already on that journey to net zero because they know what is coming. Because at the size of that organisation, they see the penalties that are moving. They see the advantages of reducing carbon in terms of cost reduction. They see the advantages of promoting themselves to come in. So this is coming. So there is no bad place. There is nothing to fear. Your carbon footprint is your carbon footprint. As you start to reduce your carbon footprint, you will reduce cost. As we've said, carbon costs money. Reduce it. The accident repair industry is fantastic at measuring the minutiae detail and dialing that down. We've had to do it parts to labour, paints to labour, key to key, cycle time, continually looking to refine and on that. We are experts within the accident repair industry of dialing something down. This is just another metric. We will show your starting point. We will show you how you produce it and how you can start to then reduce that down. Each repairer sets their own target of where they want to get to. And we will then sense check that. So we're not saying you must do a reduction of 80% in two years. You can do a 5% reduction, you can do a 2% reduction, you can do a 3%, you can do an 80% reduction. It's bespoke to you. It has to be challenging, but it has to be realistic based on where you are. So it is your bespoke flight path to get to that. We're all going to the same point of net zero, and then potentially be on to climate positive. But that's where we're going. How we get there, we're not all cast out of the same mould. And that's what we are there to assist, is to get people on their flight path. Make a start, make your declaration. That's the biggest part out, is making it. We're going to hold your hand all the way through to that journey. Sounds very much like the key is just to get started. If you don't measure something, Mark, you can't influence it. Yeah. And it's not going to go away. And as you say, this industry is absolutely primed and uh, extremely qualified at uh, measuring anything and everything that happens so uh, many would say i suppose we're, we're many steps ahead of, of lots of other businesses out there that's for sure absolutely and, and you know, we, we talk to a lot of businesses outside and lots of of larger businesses than than even some of the groups and asking them to measure that detail it's just a challenge i mean this is a phenomenal this is okay carbon is not on my radar 
It's not something that I measure. I don't know how to, I don't know what I'm measuring, but you know how to measure. And that's really, really a key part to the battle. We will show you what you're measuring. You then actually can then start to say how I reduce that piece. So just to round this, uh, round this out, well, we've got the quick fire questions to come, but apart from picking up the phone and speaking to yourself, but what would your advice to be to, to anyone within our sector considering becoming carbon neutral? We've said it's to get started in essence, but how do I do that really? Okay, you're absolutely right, Mark. This is a journey. It's a journey we're all going to have to go on. You've got to start. Be at the forefront of it. Take advantage of being the first. It's the Neil Armstrong piece. You know, we have a real opportunity as a sector, not only within the automotive sector, as a, an industry in the wider UK market, to really elevate our commitment to carbon neutrality. It's simple. Just pick the phone up carbonneutralrepair.com make contact we will go through in that detail a bit more whether you start it with us whether you started on that you just need to make that start because the longer that you leave it the greater the risk of the cost to your business and don't think about it that this is 2050 this is something I, I don't have to do until the 31st of December 2049 the impact of carbon the environment the climate crisis is starting yesterday it's going to grow and grow and grow 2022 we're going to start to see that carbon pricing really come in and first and foremost if you're not actually measuring it how on earth can you be charged the right amount for it this is no longer a premium piece it makes commercial sense to measure it to then reduce it reduce cost increase sales engage stakeholders make sure you're at the party make sure you're relevant it may not be on your radar it may not be something that you're measuring but i guarantee further up the supply chain it is happening and more importantly you're mitigating that risk but start today and there you have it great stuff dom really yeah. really insightful information again something completely beyond the realms of anything i'm kind of know of in terms of an industry but you know you spelt it out there to, to all of us really appreciate that and the messaging is is superb so we just move on to the quick fire question round. So something we like to end all the podcasts on, just get a bit of a flavour, understand more about Dom Napier. I'm not sure if we really want to with some of these questions, but hey, we're about to find out. So what one thing might not many people know about you? Uh, I, I love adrenaline uh, sports. So parachuting, bungee jumping, swimming down grade five rapids. It just makes you feel alive. There's probably countless people, Mark, that would want to join me on a parachute jump and kick me out of the plane without the parachute and experience a new one. But no, it's great to be alive. The world is a wonderful place. Great stuff. I like that. Yep, you'll probably be getting inundated with volunteers now to uh, help you out of that plane, Dom. So uh, what would your alter ego be doing as a career right now? I am a suppressed uh, musical theatre actor. I do it as a hobby. Uh, obviously, over the last 12 months, the theatre has been decimated. But given the opportunity, and if I could unleash the ego, then being the engineer in Miss Saigon on Broadway would make me a happy man. Wow, look at that. Okay, so if we ever have a Christmas panto, industry one, we'll know where to come. Oh, no, um, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> best bit of business advice you've ever heard seen or received okay never never lose focus on the destination don't let the route or the vehicle to get to the destination become the priority oh i like that i like that a lot 
Fantastic. Okay, ties in nicely with obviously your uh, your mission at the moment as well. So, uh, and here we go. This one is uh, this one does divide the nation. Self-driving vehicles for you? Yes or no? And why? No, because I, I actually enjoy driving. I think that's been one of the hardest things about uh, lockdown is not having the me time in the vehicle on their own. I believe that there are self-driving vehicles. They're called trains. They're called buses. Get the passenger on there. So if we want to go down that route, just get on a bus and on a train. But please don't take away our adolescent male fun of driving a vehicle responsibly. And as long as it's a electric vehicle, then happy days. Gets everything in there, covers all bases. Dom, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Thank you so much for your time, my friend. Mark, thank you ever so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thanks ever so much for the opportunity to, to speak to you and the uh, and the community. And I'll let you know when the plane's going up and we can have the guys there to push me out. <laughs> Great stuff. All the very best for the, uh, well, for the start of 21. And no doubt our paths will cross very shortly. Fantastic. Mark, you take care and stay safe. And you, my friend. Cheers, Dom. And there we have it. Huge thanks to Dom for sharing all his insights. And it's certainly an area that uh, I must admit I've heard of, but I'm not overly familiar with. So it's a, a great education for myself and hopefully everyone else listening in certainly raises the interest in terms of just where this uh, part of the industry might be headed. So huge thank you uh, to our corporate partners, BASF, BMS, CAPS, Copart, Emacs, Integral, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, Merca, Nationwide Vehicle Recovery Assistance, S&G Response, and Sherwin-Williams Automotive Finishes, as well as to our partners, Aztec, the Green Parts Specialists in DASA, Prasco, and the Innovation Group. This has been the ARC360 podcast. Look forward to catching up with you all again soon. Take care, everybody.